Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, we let the cats out of the cage today, Rashad. Oh, I can definitely see outside today. We can see outside. There's not just a corner window that we can look out. We are looking out a beautiful Pumpkin Ridge golf course uh, out here in the way, way western portion of the Portland miles, area. 18 miles away. Uh, yeah, at the Dersham Road exit. Yes. Which is one that I will literally never take unless I was coming here. Unless you're coming here. But, I mean, I'm glad I took this exit because it is really nice today. And it's going to be like 96 it's going to be like 100 degrees today. Yeah. It's going to be hot. So uh, this is really the only time we, every year that we get to leave the studio on Sunday mornings. We came here last year for the first time, which was awesome. We're in the exact same spot. We're looking out towards one of the practice greens that they have here. They have a couple others as well. We're right outside the 18th hole, uh, which is uh, where there's a bunch of white tents set up where people will be able to watch from there. I believe this year the 1080 the fan tent is in one of the 18th green tents before it was on either 17 or 18's uh, fairway last year and now we actually get one of the primo spots so if uh, you want to stick around i can't stay after the show but if you want to stick around well then it's very easy for you to go I, I, stay I may, at the 18th green i may stick around for a bloody mary or two we'll or three see. or five we'll see well at some point it stops being bloody mary drinking time too right i don't like no. well, i don't i don't like bloody mary's but when is it ever not bloody mary drinking time when it stops being breakfast time no because to me it's a you leisure want, drink. You want a mimosa or you want a Bloody Mary for breakfast. And then when lunchtime comes around, that's when you can get into the beer and the actual liquor. <laughs> I don't do, I don't, I can't do mimosas. So there's something very sex in the city about a mimosa to do me. Do you like orange juice? I do like orange juice. Do you juice. like champagne? Well, I, of course. Well, then you should like a mimosa. I like peanut butter and salmon, but they don't go together. I mean, sometimes. Well, I don't like them together. Well, but what? There's nothing that's ever been made with peanut butter and salmon, and that's well, probably even saying, a lie. There's like, probably been some sort of like yes, there's peanut been, sauce dish that's delicious that tastes like it peanut probably butter. Probably is, or like some type of jerky with you know salmon jerky, which well, is actually incredibly could you good go if you've never had it. Yeah, I'm just saying, there's so many different ways to use the peanut. So, well, if you are interested right now, the scoreboard for the Winco Foods Portland Open presented by Kraft Heinz, which is the reason why we're out here in the first place at Pumpkin Ridge. This is one of the uh, the premier events on the Web.com tour that comes here every single year. There are currently four guys tied for the lead: Keith Mitchell, Bryce Garnett, Abraham Anser, and Denny McCarthy, all tied at 12 under par. Uh, they all tee off at 2:30 and 2:40 p.m. Uh, today, so you've got plenty of time to get out here if uh, you want to come watch the final round, which you should, because even if it's hot out, there's nowhere better to be than outside in a beautiful green space, a.k.a. a golf course. No, absolutely. This um, is super cool right now. So come on out here today. Uh, you've got plenty of time to get here. Also, if you're curious about Aaron Wise, he was in the lead 
or near the lead, uh, both on Thursday and Friday. He shot a 75 yesterday. The reason I'm talking about him, if you don't know, he is a former Oregon Duck. Uh, he was on their national championship team a year or two ago. He is currently tied for ninth. He's only three shots off the lead despite shooting a 75 yesterday. So that's where we stand right now in the tournament. I believe 9 a.m., so right about now is when some of the groups are going to first be hitting the course who are uh, near the bottom of the leaderboard today. So we'll uh, come on out here as, as quickly as you can, get, get yourself some tickets, and come uh, watch a great golf event. And it's, uh, I love coming out here every single year. Uh, do, have you been out? What, well, last not every year, year is your first year. Yeah, every year that we've been here, I've been here. Oh, okay. So I've been able to come out, which has been awesome. Yeah, that's this they is got a great hospitality right. staff. It's great. Absolutely. We had a nice little, you know, little breakfast, and there was crepes. It was real fancy. Did you have a crepe? I did have a crepe. I didn't know whether to have a crepe or not. I, you know what? I have one. Mind you, okay, I'm not really a crepe fan. I think in the... I want something know, thicker. They're very thin. Yeah. Good. Uh, Jesse, please make sure you mark that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one of those things, like... Uh, in, in the grand scheme of, of all, like, breakfast kind of, you know, sweet stuff, you know, waffles, pancakes. I don't French know. toast. Crepes are really good. You know, I just think they're, like, fourth. Yeah, I'm going French toast number one. Okay. This is hot, important uh, breakfast takes, by the way. French toast number one, pancakes, crepes, waffles. I don't like waffles. I don't. It depends. Sometimes waffles are super dry, and so I mean, is that a hot take? I don't like waffles. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't really like waffles. It depends on how they're, <laughs> you know, how they're made and what kind of. I think syrup on your on whatever those are, you know, whether we're talking pancakes, French toast. Or, yeah, they're that's basically, a really important part. They're like, basically just like syrup delivery systems. Yeah, you know how how do you want your syrup? Is a, is a better way. I want it uh, all over my yeah. French toast. Well, that's Thank when you. I when they go when I go to my next restaurant. That's just man, just bring me my syrup on a waffle. That's what I. That's what I want. Is that actually is that your preferred method? No, I'm. I actually you just want a lot of syrup on the waffle. I I'm a big fan of pancakes. Uh, I, if I went through a long stretch as a kid where I hated pancakes, but then something happened. Well, that's weird. I guess you figured up figured it's out uh, how dope. to soak up the the beer. And so, <laughs> if you're from Portland, you know about the hot cake house, and that's somewhere I, I spent a lot of nights because I don't think it ever closes. So, is that the place that's on Powell? It is on Powell. I think I drove past it the other day, and I was like, that place looks really divey, yeah, but it's so, probably really good. <laughs> no, and, hey, man, Hot Cake House goes. Like, I mean, it's not it, – it, it's good food. And, like, if you're expecting, like, Elmer's with, you know, fresh <laughs> crab and shrimp in your omelet, then you're probably at the wrong spot. But if you're looking for some pretty good pancakes, then hey, man. Uh, on, oh, and by the way, I want to throw this out there now before we before I forget when the show starts. Thanks to everybody who listens who came out to the fantasy draft on Wednesday. Dirt and Sprigs absolutely annual fantasy draft. I had a league. Rashad had a league. Jesse's in my league this year, um, and a lot of people showed up. It was a ton of fun. Thanks to Punchbowl Social for having us out there. Uh, that's uh, the place that's up in the third or fourth floor of the Pioneer Square Mall. For those who don't know, really cool spot. Lots of space, and they fit a hundred plus of us without any problem at all. Uh, great service, good food, uh, many, many beer options. It was a really cool place to hang out, and if, it was a lot of fun. If you haven't been to Punchbowl Social, that's a, that's a that's the first time super I ever fun went. place. Like, I mean, get get some uh, karaoke in there. You know, they got a few bowling lanes out there. You play some ping pong. Like, that's not something you can typically do at your normal bar. Like, there should be more bars with ping pong tables, I think. How many? <laughs> yeah. think, think about how well, many they bars. Also, they had, like, arcade machines so right? a couple yeah a couple are, and more than that they had games like mortal Kombat, and street fighter and nba jams like and they those had like the five games, bowling lanes yes those are the games you want to <laughs> see like when was the last time you went to a bar i think most bars should have ping pong tables i don't know why they don't well probably because people would break it or well, and that's why you put the ball that's why you put uh ping pong balls in a little 25 cent 
dispenser, 50-cent dispenser. So if you want to play the game, go ahead and put it in there. You buy the ball. I do own. think more bars should have the arcade stuff, though. Like, I, 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 I love – I don't do it anymore. But when I used to go as a kid, I loved going to the movies and playing whatever their assortment of pinball machines and arcade machines were and that was fun it was like you got to the movies a little early just so you could waste money playing tekken or whatever yeah. it was oh man so we used to have the tilt at the lloyd center and then i guess they decided they kids don't like video games you mean that's a pinball place no it was a tilt. it was an arcade that was right next to the movie theater that the lloyd center used to have inside of the mall and uh that's where right before your movie started that was that was the place to be you know if you grew up in portland you know all about wonderland the actual wonderland not the you know the nickel arcade the avalon the one in gresham wonderland 375 and you get every single game for free Ooh. it was the most awesome thing that sounds awesome i feel like there would not be a place that would exist like that now it, it was great there'd though. be too much money grabbing going no on. it was it was awesome because even now if you charge kids like seven bucks and then everything every game just go in there and press start well, Let's go. Like, at the height of Mortal Kombat and NBA Jams, please. NBA Jam, I used to play on the N64, but I never actually played NBA Jam at an arcade, and I feel like I was missing out. I, I played against people and stuff, and I had it. Actually, it might have been even for the Super Nintendo that I played it. But, uh, man, that sounds like I'm dating myself, even yeah, though man, I'm still it was, young. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was awesome to, to be a kid growing up in the, in the 90s and stuff like that. Like, we, I, I really feel like, you know, I know you're, wait, you were born in, what, 90. 89. Okay, so yeah, you just make the cut yep. as far as being an 80s baby. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we definitely had an awesome childhood. We from did. The cartoons to the food. To does, it, does it feel like for the first time you're one of those old guys who's saying, my time was yes. better than your time? Yes. I mean, you, uh, you look at it, and, and I can understand where a lot of these NBA and NFL guys are coming from with, there's no way that LeBron is better than Jordan. There's no way anybody's better than Joe Montana. I, I can understand where they're coming from because they feel like their era was was better and tougher and, you know, more entertaining. And so we feel like our era of toys and games and things to do was better? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's how we how we initially feel, and I think this generation of kids, you know, these that are maybe anywhere from fifth grade to, you know, seniors in high school are going to feel like, man, their generation was cooler than ours. They're little Uzi Vert and Twenty One Savage. Well, that went loose, but that that was again a thank you to those of you who came to the fantasy draft with us on Wednesday. We'll do it. We've been doing it every year uh, that Dirt and Spray have invited us, which has been three years now. We had one league the first year, which and then we did. Uh, we've had two total leagues in this show the last two years so we'll keep you up to date on that if you're in the league well hopefully you lose to us again because we're championship sun sunday and that's uh that's <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep that yeah. standard now we gotta hold yeah. our name to that um so uh text us though throughout the year on the bridgeport beer text line at 55305 and talk trash or let us know trade ideas or whatever if you're in the leagues or if not you can still talk trash to us anyway because it's funny. Uh, so coming up on the show today, there's actually a lot of sports stuff to get to today. We've got uh, Mayweather-McGregor happened last night. Now, I did not watch it, but you watched it. I did. And we'll talk about that. That needs to be discussed. Oregon State opened up their football season yesterday. They were the first game of the entire college football season yesterday, and it went... I would about I would say about 100% opposite what every Beaver fan wanted. It was very, very Beaver-like. It was a really, really bad game in a loss to Colorado State. So we'll get to that coming up this hour. Next hour, we continue our NFL preview with uh, 
our third to last division, the NFC North, will be this week. So we'll be talking Packers and Vikings and Bears and Lions. Oh my. And, uh, oh my, indeed. And I'm really interested in what the Bears are going to do at quarterback, even though they're not a very good team. I'm very curious about that. Uh, the Packers had a lot of injury issues last year and really suffered from that, but were still able to make the playoffs. Vikings, again, not going to have Teddy Bridgewater available to them. So lots of interesting stuff to get to there. And then, of course, we've got Hater to Love It coming up at 1030. And uh, don't forget, just because we're out here doesn't mean we, we can't see the text line. So Bridgeport Beer's text line is 55305. We've also got our Twitters open, at 1080TheFan, at MikeLynch27 is me. Rashad's at TaylorMade503, and Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N, back in the studio. Coming up next, let's talk the May- Mayweather-McGregor fight. I know the Oregon State game happened. We'll get to it from 930 to 10 o'clock. Don't worry, beef fans. But there was something different about how everybody was viewing this fight for an obvious reason, but it, it kind of just mattered more. And we'll talk about that next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. This is the sound of peace because Pam finally found a solution to managing her stress thanks to the help of an Aetna wellness coach. Now she releases her tension by throwing on her headphones and training for her first 5K. For her first 5K. Aetna, you don't join us. We join you. Find out more at AetnaWeJoinYou.com. Tom, I'm always on the go, so I need an engagement ring that fits my active lifestyle. Shane Company has rings for every lifestyle. We have higher quality standards than other jewelers, and our designers produce to our exacting specifications. For example, making the bands with more gold so they will stand the test of time making the setting stronger so the diamonds won't fall out, matching the side diamonds by hand so they'll sparkle with equal fire and brilliance. Down to every last detail, we make sure all of our jewelry is the highest quality. That's what I need, a ring I can wear every day and not worry about. We'll keep your ring looking beautiful for life, for free. And if anything does happen to the ring, our free lifetime warranty covers everything, including the center diamond. There's no risk with a ring from Shane Company. That's perfect for my lifestyle. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business. Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. For all station contest rules, go to 1080thefan.com slash rules. From the Winco Foods Portland Open, presented by Kraft Heinz. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9:17 here on your Sunday morning. We are live at Pumpkin Ridge for the Winco Foods Portland Open, presented by Kraft Heinz. Uh, so we'll be here till 11 o'clock today, and we got a lot, a lot of sports to talk about today. Sometimes, you know, you get here on a Sunday. There's a couple of things that happened over the weekend, or maybe there's something over the week that we didn't get a chance to talk to that we want to talk about. Today is 100% different. We had... It's been a struggle for a lot of the summer. I know. The last few weeks have been rough. Uh, That's why it's been helpful to have the NFL previews, because it gives you a little bit of something to talk about, uh, especially football-related. But today, we're not messing around. We do have the continued NFL preview coming up and Oregon State football. Uh, lost in their first game against Colorado State. We'll talk about that next, but we want to start here just because of how big this became in the mind of sports people, but also in the mind of everybody. 
like regular non-sports people cared about this in some way or at least knew about this in some way cared is a strong word because i didn't personally care about this either but knew about it knew it was happening and knew people who were watching it and knew people who cared that kind of became a transcendent event and i'm talking of course about mayweather mcgregor which happened last night uh floyd mayweather did get the win uh by total knockout they're calling it even though from what i saw on the clips he they kind of ended it a little bit earlier than they probably should have because McGregor wasn't down right he was just getting punched a lot, but uh, Mayweather wins in ten rounds. It went a lot longer than people thought, and from again I didn't watch the fight. I've seen clips of it from from what I've read, and Rashad did watch it, so he'll he'll be much more expert in this. Um, McGregor looked really good in the first few rounds and actually looked like he might have a chance. And he just wore out because he's not used to the length of a boxing match and having to conserve yourself for, you know, what, 10, 12 rounds. He's used to quick one, two, three rounds, you're done. So he kind of tired himself out. And, and then Mayweather actually got aggressive a little bit. He got he stopped being so defensive and he won the fight because of it. Yeah, there, there was a couple things that that kind of happened there for for Mayweather. Uh, number one was Connor at a point just stopped kind of protecting himself like Mayweather, i noticed that in some of the clips he got punched in the face like all the time yeah like there was there was a point to where he wasn't even trying to protect himself but to to start the match <laughs> mcgregor was the aggressor and like i think everybody figured he would be but more than just doing a lot of wild punches he was connecting with a lot of his punches now he got him a lot of times with some illegal hits to the back of the head and stuff like that i think that's you know, old habits die hard. And when you're in MMA and you can actually, you know, wrap people up and do, I think he kept kind of reverting back to that too much. I did but notice it, in some of the clips I was watching, he got hit in the head a lot. He did. He didn't really seem to be going defensive position like arms in front of the face. He just kind of left them out. No, and, and what one of the things McGregor will do, if you've ever seen a UFC fight of his, is he gets to a point where he gets really kind of, I don't want to call it, yeah, real cocky, you know, and to where he starts kind of doing, putting his hands down and doing some nan and nan nan type stuff, <laughs> and he he ended up paying for it. You can't do that. That's Floyd's game, you know. Floyd made that a uh, a uh, uh, a thing for people to do. I remember being at the the, the Zab Judah fight. Uh, I want to say back in two thousand five, two thousand six, something like that against Floyd Mayweather. And there was a point in the tenth round. You went to it. I did Ooh. when it was in Vegas. Yeah, I did. And um, there was a point where Floyd was sticking his tongue out at Zab Judah, like, uh, you can't hit me. You know, I'm just going to keep doing this. That's Floyd's game. And so for McGregor to think that he had a chance in doing that and putting his arms down, like he had to fight. I'll be honest. If he had stayed that aggressor through the next four rounds, they, he would have won it by decision just because he was he, he was connecting. And there were great punches. And the one thing he did that I think not a lot of people really recognize is he – he switched his fighting stance like four times during the fight and just to confuse Mayweather. And you can tell at first it, it kind of did. It's really hard to go from regular fighting stance to Southpaw all of a sudden and then go back. And he, that was something McGregor did, and it kind of kept Floyd, you know, on his heels. But once Mayweather figured out that, man, I have to – me being defensive isn't going to work. I have to hit him. There was nothing he can do about it. He reverted back to being pretty boy Floyd, and from there, we, lights out. Why do you think – McGregor did so much better than we all thought he would. Like, besides the fact that he, he was fooling him a little bit, changing his stances, I mean, we, again, it's not like I know anything about fighting or boxing. It's just from what we've been reading. But from what I've been reading, it sounded almost like he was nowhere near ready. 
like the training session videos pat paired together were like light years difference in speed. Mayweather mm-hmm. was you know much faster, but I mean, was it all a ploy? Was he actually no. better than we thought, or no, did he I, actually just? I, I, I was. I was he talking. actually just a good fighter. No, he's. We got. We got to remember, man. He didn't fight some UFC bum. Like he fought Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's a badass, man. Let's just go ahead and be honest. Like everybody, but he only ever boxed everyone knows life. Right? Yeah, but everyone cared about this fight because they knew that Conor McGregor at the end of the day he can fight. Like whether he can, he's a great boxer or not. You knew that somebody was gonna get beat up just because he he is. That's kind of you know what he does. And so I, I'm I'm thinking people looked at that and said, "You're going to the boxing world. You don't have a shot." And he came out and said, no, I know how to punch. Like, you know, a lot of what Conor McGregor does in UFC, he's not beating a lot of people with kicks. He will, but he's going to knock you out. And that's just, that's why everybody paid such attention to this fight is because Conor McGregor is a knockout artist. When he was hitting Floyd, he was hitting him. And if he and if he got him with the right one, Floyd would have went down. There was a few that he got uh, against Mayweather that were like, ah, that <laughs> that looked like it rocked him a little bit. So McGregor belongs. If he fought anyone else, then the 49-0 and 0 at that point, Floyd Mayweather, then he's got a real chance. You put him against Cotto, Alvarez, or any one of those other guys, then, uh, yeah, I give, I give him more than a fighting chance to win. So do you think that McGregor then is actually going to try this again? Well, I don't see why he wouldn't. Not against, because I, I, I did hear that Mayweather might be retiring after this. It he might should. Have, it might have been his last fight. Um, I mean, do you think, is it smart for McGregor to try to box again, or should he just go keep dominating the MMA circuit? I mean, he's be... dominated MMA already. Well, but... I know, but there's that... there's a really quick way to knock yourself out of the spotlight, and that's if you try to do something over and over again and you lose. So if he goes to boxing and he loses a bunch, then all of a sudden I feel like he might just fade away, right? I mean, there's... Like, look at what happened to Ronda Rousey, I guess is my, is my example, right? Ronda Rousey was top of the sports world, not just of MMA. Everybody knew who she was, right? And then she loses to, who was it, Holly Holm, right? Mm -hmm. She lost to her. And from that point on, she vanished. We don't talk about her anymore. We don't pay attention to her as a good fighter anymore. She just stopped being a a thing in the the conscious mind of sports fan. Does McGregor run that risk if he starts losing a bunch because he's trying to box or something, for example. I mean, I, I think he definitely runs the risk of, you know, I, I mean, I guess losing the credit, credibility in the boxing world. But as far as MMA, like, I think people know what he's able to do. You know, as far as UFC, he's pretty much led the led the crew, led the crew for the past, what, four years that he's been there, especially with Bones being out for steroids or, or Coke or whatever he's doing at that point. Man, it's really been Conor McGregor and, like you mentioned, Ronda Rousey. The thing about Ronda Rousey is, man, outside of grappling, that's all she can do. Now, Ronda Rousey's going to be a great WWE uh, addition once she goes there because she is going there. Make no mistake about it. Ronda Rousey is going to go to the WWE. Her grappling will work really well right there. Conor McGregor can actually fight. Like, the reason we don't care too much about Ronda Rousey anymore is because she got knocked out by Holly Holm, somebody who could box. Holly Holm could make the transition into boxing, and she'll be fine. You know, and I think that's the, the difference between the two. Like, McGregor actually showed that, man, I've got, a, I've, I've got a career here in boxing if I decide to do this. This is the best Floyd Mayweather fight I've seen in 10 years. And he's fought everybody over the well, past ten years. Normally he's boring because he's very defensive, and this one he couldn't. Like no. you said, he had to he had to get be a little bit of an aggressor. By the way, I got a I got a text police correction. It was a technical knockout. Technical knockout. TKO. That looks like total knockout to me. I don't know why. I think I'm picturing like the old video games. <laughs> with 
the fighting games like Street Fighter or something, and it's like TKO, and I I figure that's like a total awesome. <laughs> knock, and, knock out that and, you get. But either way, that's the correction. Thank you. Yes, uh, Connor likes with money. The one technical. Connor likes money. Like, I mean, granted, okay. he can he can get paid in the UFC, but he can get. I mean, from a one-time payday once a year for boxing, like you can, he can become the new attraction. Like he can become the new guy that people want to see fight. And you put him in there against Triple G and Adrian Bronner and and uh, Miguel Cotto and Alvarez and some of those guys, and all of a sudden. Man, you might have something now. Like, Floyd's beat all those guys. Pacquiao's beat all those guys for the most part. Man, he could be the next draw in a sport that's really dying. And it's really smart on his on his part because he UFC is going to flourish. It's going to just continue to get bigger and bigger. And boxing is one of those things that's continuing to fade because they don't have a star. Conor McGregor is a star, and he can leave you know, boxing for the next few years if he decides to. Uh, text your thoughts to the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. Uh, we're talking Mayweather-McGregor. What were your thoughts on the fight? Uh, do you think that McGregor should keep trying to box, even if it's not against Mayweather in the future? And uh, did you actually watch the fight, or did you care? Text us all those things to the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. Coming up next, we'll get to a little bit of that, and we will begin our dissection of what on earth happened to Oregon State football and opening day yesterday on the road in Fort Collins, Colorado, against Colorado State. It was ugly, and we'll try to figure out why. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Live from Pumpkin Ridge and the 2017 Winco Foods Portland Open, this is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, it is 9.33 here on your Sunday morning, Sports Sunday here with you. We are live from Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club, the uh, first time or the only time per year that we get to leave the studio for our Sunday show, but it's a great setting. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to. We still have our NFC North preview coming up in the 10 o'clock hour as well as Hater Love It at 1030, but we've got to talk about what on earth happened to Oregon State yesterday. Uh, the Beavs getting demolished by Colorado State, 58 to 27 in the opening game of the season on the road. And the second half is where it escalated in a negative way for the Beavs. It was just 24 to 20 at halftime. Colorado things, State had the lead. Things escalated quickly. Uh, Oregon State, you know, they, they had didn't look great, but they were still in the game. And, you know, okay, you get one half, first half in, you're a little rusty. It's all good. You get into the second half, and the floodgates open. There were turnovers galore by the Beavs. And they only scored seven points, and it was in the fourth quarter. Colorado State had, I want to say at one point, and I'll double check here, like 21 or 30 unanswered points uh, because of, or maybe it was, it was 14 to 21 unanswered points because of turnovers. And they really just looked like the better team. And it was totally shocking because going into the season, everyone went Oregon State Bowl this year, right? Six wins. That's what you were expecting. But in order for them to get six wins, winning their non-conference games were vitally important. Yes. Because you had a chance against all of your non-conference opponents, and this was the first one with Colorado State, and you're like, oh, they could beat them. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's on the road, and sure, they're opening up their new stadium out there, and it's going to be a big deal. But it's, it's, uh, it, it, was, it was awful. It was an awful game for the Beavs. They really just didn't show up in the second half. It's one thing to lose the game, and I think most – Oregon State fans would have been okay with just dropping one to Colorado State by, you know, 7 to 14 points. You know, they, uh, because like you said, they were opening, you know, their brand new stadium and things like that. So there's some additional emotion that they're playing with if you're Colorado State. 
But to get blown out in the second half, first half, it was it was a tale of two halves. First half, you're looking like, okay, Beavers offense, putting some points on the board. Okay, 20 points by the half. That's a good thing. Like, I mean, you're used to seeing Oregon State have maybe 21 points, you know, throughout the game. So if you have 20 at the half, okay, we're, we're moving. Well, we're down seven, but that's okay. You can do something. They come back out and they just settle for a – or Colorado State settles for a field goal. Okay, no problem. But that was after the interception. And from there, like Luton you said – threw the, two picks in five passes. In five passes. Including the pick six. And, and it was and, just And from there, huge. that's where you can tell – um, they just the, the wheels completely fell off for the Beavs, and they just couldn't get anything done up until that fourth quarter touchdown. And and by by that time, you can tell the the their morale. And this mind you, I didn't see the game; I've only seen highlights. But uh, it it just looked like they were just defeated at that point. Before by the time they scored the second touchdown, or at least Colorado State scored that second touchdown in the second half, they were they were done. They knew it. It was uh, I kind of had two takeaways from the game, and a was outside of the Ryan Nall 75-yard touchdown run, which was big. The Beavs could not run the football. And this was something that going into the year, I know that we heard Gary Anderson say things about wanting to use the air raid offense a little bit more, try to mix it up, have more uh, more styles offensively. But they would still run the ball to try to keep balance because, you know, it's, it's Oregon State, it's Gary Anderson, that's kind of what he does. They couldn't run the ball outside of that 75-yard touchdown run. I think they averaged, uh, it was like 2.7 yards per carry outside of that long touchdown run, mm-hmm. which is just not how it's going to work to be able to beat any team, even if it's a Mountain West team. Yeah, 2.75 yards per carry. You had, uh, so that's one thing. So the running game just didn't work, and that's something that you need to work because you've got Ryan Nolley, you've got Thomas Tyner, you've got all these good running backs on the team that are supposed to be kind of the key for you. Um, the other thing was the defense just looked sluggish. The defense in the second half looked just a step or two behind on every single play. And I don't want to say that they gave up, but it was kind of the vibe I was getting in the third and fourth quarter. It just didn't seem like the effort was exactly in the same spot as it was early in the game. It almost felt like they knew they were defeated after they had those couple of picks and turnovers. And it just it kind of trickled down from there into this really, really bad defensive effort in the second half. And that's another unit that you thought would be better. You thought the defense would be better this year, too. And I know it's one game. I know. But it was it was so bad, I feel like we need to dive in and talk about this as to a base level what's wrong, not just a first-game jitters kind of thing. No, of course. And I think it, I think a little bit it was kind of first-game jitters. Uh, being up like that, being on the road, or being, you know, down by seven, being on the road, going into the half, and then coming out and making – two quick mistakes on on offense, you know, with, like you said, two interceptions within five passes on the offensive end. It puts a lot of pressure on your defense now all of a sudden. You know, a lot of really younger guys who I don't know if they were really ready for that moment to be able to, to come back on the road in a brand-new stadium, you know, against a Colorado State team. I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, under undervaluing. So Yeah, I wonder how much of this was – this is a Mountain West team playing a Pac-12 team. The Pac-12 always exactly plays the Mountain West was. well. And they didn't necessarily look at Colorado State. They just went, ah, it's Colorado State. Yeah, that's Oregon exactly State will what win it was. the game. It'll be fine. That's exactly what it was. Like, we've been saying all uh, up until the football season started that this should be one of the games Oregon State gets. They should be able to go out there and beat Colorado State. Well, Colorado State said, well, why? Like, we're tougher we're at home. Guys. We're in our we're, new stadium. Yeah. Why, why, should would, we why would you come in here and, and beat us? And, you know. 
I say shame on us for kind of thinking that Oregon State was ready. I think we 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 hear Gary Anderson and we you really want to believe in him, you know, and you really want to get get behind a guy like that who's really you know, saying all the right things and really doing his best to change that culture uh, from a losing culture in Corvallis into uh, a respectable one, one of that, you know, involves a lot of winning. And so you want to think that they're going to fight a little bit harder than this. And so this may just be first game jitters. Who knows what they do next week? They still have got a couple games where they can kind of figure out who they are. But, uh, I mean, this this could have just been a, a one-off type thing. They fell apart in the second half. It could be a learning experience for them, or this could be – what we should get used to seeing from the bees. Well, a couple other stats to look at. Uh, Colorado State reached the red zone eight times. They scored all eight times. Partially, the defense looked like they gave up, like I was saying. Uh, they also threw the ball 47 times, which is the most since 2013 when Sean Mannion was the quarterback and he threw 57 passes. I, again, like we said, I know that Gary Anderson wants to do more of an air raid style, or at least more of a mixed offense style, but Luton looked a little bit bad i mean that's not the right word he looked unsure of himself at times that's the best word to use you know because it, it wasn't bad he threw for 300 and the pick know, six was yards. a deflected pass even though he threw it behind the receiver yeah. it bounced off his hands so. so so it's not like he played terribly you know he really he threw three interceptions in between there but it, it, they were all in the second half of of the game you know when i think the offense was really defeated at that point because they had felt like they had to do more work than they could to come back to their game and i don't think they were coming back uh, i think they <laughs> they tried at the end they got some you know some morale points for getting that touchdown towards the end of the game but it was just one of those things colorado state was just better than the beeves this saturday and so we'll see what things look like for them next saturday uh positive for the Beavs is tight end Noah Togiai actually looked really, really good. It looked like a dominant force out there for uh, the passing game, and it did look like Jake Luton had a, a nice little repertoire with him. A repertoire uh, with him. He was he was a really, really solid receiver for the game. But uh, running game needs to get better. Defense needs to get better. And Gary Anderson called it one of the most embarrassing losses he's had as a coach. And that's saying something. You know, all coaches have bad losses, but that one right there, the the big. 30-point loss to Colorado State in the opening game of a season that you're supposed to finally be turning the corner with the Beavs. He calls that his most embarrassing loss. That's that's not a good sign. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I do like Gary Anderson a lot. I think he's doing all the right things there, and it's working out just fine um, in general. However, this was a, this was a step back that yes. we did not expect to see from them this early in the season. And now it's uh, it's going to be an uphill climb to make a bowl game because they got some tight Pac-12 games they're going to have to handle and we have to make sure that, or they have to make sure that they can do better at those things in those games. All right, coming up next, we might continue to talk with this or Jeff Sanders, who is the executive director of this tournament, Ooh. might be joining us. Uh, so that is that is either or next. And then in the second hour, we will have our NFC North preview. We will have Hated or Love It at 1030. And then we will wrap up the show with the winner of Hated or Love It. This is Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. from the Winco Foods Portland Open presented by Kraft Heinz. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.45 here on your Sunday morning. Welcome back out to Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. We are joined by Pat McKay, who is the tournament director here for the Winco Foods Portland Open presented by Kraft Heinz. And we were just talking off the air. He said he did watch the McGregor Mayweather fight last night. Yes, I did. And But you're not a boxing guy, which I am, I am not a boxing sports guy. Sports guy. And I didn't, I didn't know what to expect from it. What did you think of the fight? 
Like, as a non-boxing guy, what did you think of the fight? Yeah. Uh, you know, as Rashad said, they were punching each other. So that was a positive, right? <laughs> it made it 10 rounds. Um, but, yeah, as a sports fan, it's uh, one of the biggest things in sports, obviously. So, yeah, we we had a party here at the club for, for some of the players, uh, caddies, volunteers, actually. About 150 people out by the driving range. Uh, we streamed it for them, and they watched the fight uh, till about 10 o'clock last night here at Pumpkin Ridge. So. That's pretty cool. Well, this is an awesome spot. We've been here now two years in a row, and the fans have been out here for m- multiple years in a row. And it is uh, the final round today. It is Sunday. It is close at the top of the leaderboard. There are four guys tied at 12 under, and uh, down to like 10th or 11th in the in the uh, leaderboard right now. It's They're all tight. within three or four yeah. shots. Yeah, I think there's 16 guys within uh, three shots of the lead, so it should be uh, a very exciting Sunday afternoon here at the golf tournament. Now, how often do you get a chance? I mean, with being the tournament director, how often do you get a chance to really get out here and swing some wrenches? Uh, not as often as you'd like. <laughs> um, kind of the guy behind the scenes making sure everyone else is having a good time. But uh, I do enjoy the game. That's obviously why I'm in it. But uh, this month, not so much. So when it's all through, definitely get out there and, and test the skills. Well, how many uh, how many people are you expecting to come out here to watch this final round today? You know, we, uh, we would expect we had great crowds out here yesterday. Um, Got final, a 100-degree day coming up. I so. know. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the last tee time at 2.05. So uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of eight ten thousand 10,000 people. Uh, they'll come through the gates throughout the course of the day from players to fans to volunteers, et cetera. So it should be a busy day, but parking is free out here at Pumpkin Ridge, right adjacent to the property, uh, right by the 18th hole. So. So you've been doing this for quite a while then, right? Yeah, we announced in uh, June 2013 that Winco Foods was bringing the regular season finale here to Pumpkin Ridge. And actually this past Monday we just announced a three-year extension. So Winco Foods will be the title sponsor here through 2020. Nice. So if you can't make it this year, make sure you make it out next year. So I want to ask you, what's your favorite part of doing this tournament? As the tournament director, there's a lot of additional moving parts here. What's your favorite part of these past four days you guys have been out here yeah we we've been out here it's a, it's been a full week uh we had the pro-am monday tuesday uh we actually had huey lewis in the news out here monday night playing a concert for our sponsors <laughs> nice. um pro-am where our sponsors got a chance to play with uh, the players who are playing today in the golf tournament but the the, the best part really is is the giving back uh monday night we announced one million two hundred and seventy five thousand to local portland charities which brings our four-year total now to almost 4.4 million and with that extension through 2020, we're we're looking forward to uh, trying to get up towards $10 million within uh, seven years of this event. So that's definitely giving back to Portland Charities as they get to see the benefits of, of guys playing golf. Absolutely. Well, I am curious because you said you started on Monday, and this is a Pat McKay, by the way, tournament director. How did the eclipse happening it did pair yeah, with yeah, how yeah, you guys seriously. got people here you know we were prepped and ready <laughs> did you have uh, glasses for we everyone? did yeah so we had shuttles we had more shuttles and we knew what to do with we <laughs> we told people to get out here way too early because a lot of our folks are from out of town so they didn't hear all the hype that that we all heard certainly about how horrific the traffic was going to be but just behind me here uh on the first tee we had 150 of our pro-am players. We had uh, Dark Side of the Moon going. We had glasses for everybody, cocktails. <laughs> and uh, about 10:15, everybody kind of stood still. Our photographer got a great shot of everyone uh, watching the eclipse as it took place. And then they went out and played golf. So. so for as long as you've been doing the tournament, like, has there been any golfer that's just kind of stood out for you as far as anybody that's made it to the actual tour? Yeah, I think that our biggest name uh, that's come through this event is probably Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas played here in 2014, got his PGA Tour card, and now he's a five-time PGA Tour winner. Mm -hmm. Just won the PGA Championship last two weeks ago it was there at Quail Hollow. Uh, But we've had 23 guys come through Portland actually who 
have already won on the PGA Tour. Justin Thomas, Smiley Kaufman, Daniel Berger. So these guys are, are coming through Portland, getting their card, and, and actually, believe it or not, the 2018 season starts in just six weeks in Northern California uh, for the next PGA Tour season. So. so for those of us who don't know the web.com golfers that well, out of the guys who are in the running today, and that could go all the way down to Aaron Wise too, sure. um, who do you think is going to be the next Justin Thomas that's coming out of here? Oh, then? goodness, that's a great question. Um, i, I got to go with Aaron, hometown guy, Oregon Duck. He hits it a mile. He, on, uh, on Friday, uh, par 5, fourth hole, he hit driver, 9-iron. The hole plays 530 yards. So uh, <laughs> he's the guy. He, he, he's got a lot of game. Obviously, he won the NCAA championship last year at University of Oregon and Eugene. He's definitely a guy to look out for. Um, but there's a lot of guys. There's a ton of them up there. So. So I work for, um, for most people who listen to the show, they know that I work in youth development, and so I work with a lot of high school, middle school students. I've been noticing that there have been a lot more, uh, a lot younger students that have decided to kind of take an interest in golf. Have you noticed kind of a shift in ages as far as the people that are starting to be more interested in playing the game? Yeah, we hope so. That's part of the mission, too, of the, the tournament and the PGA Tour is, is giving back to the youth. On Wednesday, we had over 500 kids on the driving range actually taking a lesson from one of the pros playing in the event, which was awesome. We had mascots. We had free gifts for everybody, free lunch, and, and over 500 kids taking lessons from players who are here to try and earn their PGA Tour card. So hopefully we're doing our little part in trying just to inspire the youth of, of getting into the game and uh, seeing where it takes them because they could be the next Justin Thomas out here in, in 10 years' time. So That is one thing, too, that I've, that I've been curious about in general, and, this, and it's kind of a broader topic, but the sports that kids are choosing to play, I mean, golf's always been a little bit tough because it's more expensive of a sport to pick up growing up. And, sure. You know, you got to get all the clubs and you got to get fitted and all that kind of stuff. But now that we're kind of getting into this realm of people being worried about soccer and football causing head injuries, I mean, golf is a great sport that you could learn to play that's safe, right? It, it, I mean, it's, 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 if, it's, outside well, it's of safer the, if you're playing, not a fan. You know, right, exactly. you got to watch out for uh, the balls <laughs> in the air. But Outside of just, like, actual wear and tear injuries, then – True. Gol there's not none other sport that's more perfect than golf for injury freeness. Very right? true. Very true. And and we encourage the youth obviously to to get out there and walk too. It is pretty good exercise, believe it or not. If you walk 18 holes, you're uh, six seven miles walk, which is great. Beautiful outside scenery and uh, yeah, really encourage the kids to to come on out. Kids actually here this week, 17 and under, are free as well to get into the golf tournament to watch. See, tell us some. Tell the people that don't really come to golf tournaments really what to expect because I'll be honest when I came last year it's one of the first tournaments I've been to in a while I kind of forgot how dope golf tournaments were like it's one of the few places you can have a beer at nine o'clock in the morning yeah. and it's <laughs> totally acceptable sure. by everyone so I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know like number one how early, how early is too early to hit the beer garden and when do you get to hit the beer yeah garden? I'll hit it tomorrow <laughs> maybe tonight uh yeah the beer garden's open starting at 10 o'clock we do uh Rashad, we do a lot of uh non-golf fan-friendly stuff so mm -hmm. beer garden chance to win a brand new honda crv thanks to northwest honda dealers free breakfast that kids clinic i mentioned and and really we understand golf isn't necessarily for everybody but we want to attract uh, just a great place to come on out there's no numbers on the seats unlike the uh, motor center or, or down yeah. there watching the timbers which is great you can watch from anywhere on the golf course whether it be a tee shot or whether it be Absolutely. on the green and and sort of go wherever you'd like we've got great shaded areas for people to sit great concessions and and five free beer samples out there in the grove which i'm sure you guys will be at after uh, after you get off yeah, there indeed, indeed. Uh, so this is a first class event uh it is every single year we love coming out here the last two years 
If you are totally free and want something cool to do today, come on out here to Pumpkin Ridge. Watch the final round. Uh, as Pat said, all of the ticket prices will go to charity, or the, the cost of the ticket will go to charity. Uh, free parking, and there's brunch, and there's beer garden, and un- kids under 17 are in free. It's an awesome event to do on a Sunday. Absolutely. And we're thrilled to be out here again this year. So thanks so much for having us out again, of course. Yeah, thank you guys, and thanks to the whole Intercom team and 1080 The Fan for, for supporting us and promoting the event as you always have, and uh, look forward to a big Sunday here at Pumpkin Ridge. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pat. And uh, coming up next, let's get back into our NFL previews. we got the NFC North preview coming up here on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.